0: guesting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It is time for us to dive into our case. I Dare I say know. case study?
2: It's, it's a dirty word, but it is a
1: case study. I never know if I'm allowed to say it or not. I said it. It's a a case study.
2: A lot of times I get questions that actually work for like an entire conversation. Sometimes it's just a, you know, a case study. Well, we'll call it a case study, but also
1: it is one of the most frequently asked questions, I feel like, by clients recently. I would say
3: within the last year and a half, two years, really when we've kind of... switch our fixed income strategy from buying bond funds when you could get you know .65% on a five year CD trying to get some additional yield and then we kind of reverted back to those uh, treasuries uh, yeah it's like
1: nobody really cared 18 months ago when rates were at 0% it, it was like Yeah, I know what I'm earning. It's nothing on my fixed income. Well, that's
2: that's the question this week. We had him write in. I have several bonds that mature in 2030. Um, They have an interest rate of 375 or less. Why am I hanging on to these if I can get close to 4.85% now?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I, I mean, understand that's, that's that, just, yeah. I understand like the thought process. If you look at a bond that you own and you see, let's be clear what the coupon is. The coupon is that periodic interest payment that you're gonna receive, whether it be annually, monthly, semi annually over the life of the bond, you see that at three point two five percent and then you look at your bank and like we'll give you five and a quarter percent C D the natural thought is, Well, why would I not just sell this that I'm in my mind only earning three and a quarter percent on and buy something I can Earn because the, 5 and a quarter percent. The coupon on.
2: rate's what's advertised, correct? Like when I say when you say, "Oh yeah, a bond is 4.8%." Well, it but,
1: depends because there's also zero coupon bonds.
2: Well, that's a whole other beast, I think. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, we quote that to clients. <laughs> I started looking at those.
2: I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's for, a, that's a complicated." This, yeah.
1: <laughs> we we quote that to clients too. For example, if a client wanted a 3-month treasury or something like that they're not going to get a coupon payment more most likely it's going to be a zero coupon they buy at a discount and the return is generated from the price appreciation i might buy it at 97 dollars and it matures in three months at 100 just you know making something up okay um
2: so let's take it back to the beginning what is the what is the coupon rate versus what is this yield to maturity
1: right so the coupon is just what you're going to receive as a regular interest payment, again, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, the yield to maturity is the actual realized return over the life of that fixed income instrument. It's not necessarily, ju- it, it may be equal to the coupon. For example, if, mm-hmm. I, if I bought a new issue bond at par, meaning $100, and it pays a 5% coupon, my yield to maturity is 5%. Mm-hmm. But let's say that I buy a bond at ninety seven dollars and it pays a coupon of 3.25%. Your your yield of maturity is going to be higher than 3.25% because just think about it, break it up into components. You're earning 3.25% in the form of coupons, so those are cash flows coming to you. In addition to that, the bond is appreciating in price, so despite the fact that I paid 97 for it, it's going to mature at 100. So you have to think of both components of the return, Um when you're looking at the fixed income holdings that you have and not just assuming that you're earning a lower yield. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you bought a bond three years ago, it's worth less now more than likely, you know, depending on, on you know the length of the, the term of that maturity. But as interest rates have come up, that bond price is going to fall. Right. If you're holding it to maturity, you probably don't care. Like most of our clients, we ladder out bonds um, to meet their spending needs. So if the bond falls 10% as interest rates move up, you're probably not going to sell at that loss and realize it. So your yield to maturity is still going to be low relative to where rates are now. Yeah, and I think it's important to note
3: exactly what you just said, how we do planning with the 10-year rule. We ladder out fixed income based on a client's needs um, and having maturities come due whenever that money is actually needed. So, you know, these guys uh, sitting across the table from me, they go in, try and find the best yields that we possibly can at the time when we have the cash available. Um, and obviously, in a situation, again, like two years ago, um, we may be buying bond funds because interest rates are paying absolutely nothing versus right now where we can almost go out for a full 10 year. I think we are going out a full 10 year yeah. worth of um, maturity because we can get about, what did you say earlier? Take I uh, well, four, four and a half percent. And you on can get close year. to five yeah, percent now. Exactly. And that's what a 22 year high, I believe, on the fixed income rates for the um, risk free assets.
1: Yeah. And, and I think the final point to make um, is that the question comes up a lot. Well, why don't I sell the bonds that I own and buy higher yielding ones? Well, especially in the case of treasuries, the treasury market is probably the most efficient market that there is. In order for you to do that, you're going to have to sell your current bond at less than what you pay. So you're taking a loss. So you'd be just as – you would end up no different selling your bond today at a loss and buying one with a higher yield to maturity because the proceeds you're receiving from it are less than if you just you know went out and – it's a zero sum game is the fact of what i'm trying to say yeah. you're not make, you're not coming out any better by selling the bond that you have and buying at a higher yield to maturity as you are just holding that bond at its at its current uh, you know coupon and and price
2: don't we just i, know that's I mean i think confusing.
1: Like,
2: yeah but i also kind of like you know not being you know either in the planning or the research department i you know i see the marketing and we say hold bonds to maturity hold bonds to maturity if that's all you've been taught You really don't understand the bond market, you know, because I'm thinking bonds. Oh, I go, I buy a government bond and, you know, in 10 years I get my money back and I got all this interest in the meantime. And that's all I think. I don't realize how much trading there is in the bonds when the prices go down when interest rates go up yeah if you look at your statement
1: your bond goes down in price yeah i think that's a fair point Carolyn, because there's this misconception that yeah i'm not my my bond value is not going to change your bond value will change if you hold it to maturity you won't you don't see and realize it but if you look at your statement every month you're absolutely going to lose money when interest rates rise
4: yeah, it's basically a seesaw. So yields change over time across the curve based on expectations for economic conditions or inflation. monetary policy or fiscal mm-hmm. policy. They're changing daily. You know, these bond traders are trading all around the world. And like Nick said, it's the most liquid market. So basically, you're buying a bond initially at a certain yield. But if the prevailing yield changes, if it goes higher, then the price of the bond that you just bought goes down. That's right. You have to if
1: compensate the, for that difference in
4: right. yield. And if the prevailing yield goes lower, then the price of your bond goes higher uh, to basically make it where you can't arbitrage it away because if if you think about what Wall Street would do, if you could just buy and sell bonds by, you know, buying it at one yield and and, and losing money on it and then resetting higher to a higher yield, that's all going to be basically worked away by exactly you know, the big brain phds <laughs> the only point that that might make sense is
1: if you were to willing to extend the duration right correct so if i have a bond that matures in two years but here we sit with you know the 10-year bond uh, let's call it four five four six if if i am able to take those assets and say i don't need them for that period of time and, and and want to extend duration, or even if I have the expectation that interest rates are going to go lower over that period, I may say I'll trade off now and sell this bond that's maturing in two years and extend my duration at you know a four and a half percent yield and and lock that in for a longer period of time. That there are situations where it can make sense like that, but if in a well, like for like scenario, yeah,
2: because we used to say when when the rates were so ridiculously low, we were like, oh, keep duration short, reinvest hopefully when rates are higher. And again, but the concept was you hold them until maturity. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, not being a active investor, just letting, you know, y'all do it for me. It, it is, I think, a misconception, you know, with, the, I mean, and I see exactly why, like, why wouldn't I just go for a bigger rate, you know, get something with a better rate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think just the biggest thing is not, not necessarily associating a bond's coupon with, um, you know, what your yield to maturity is um but, but
2: okay now in each individual case don't you kind of have to do the math to figure out whether or not it's better to sell it
1: well I think yes, again, but again it goes- if if you're if you're selling one to buy the same maturity it's yeah, it's, it's not going it, it's not going to make sense at least okay. in what we're buying for clients if you're if you're buying some sort of corporate bond or something like that where there's idiosync- idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. within that particular issue
4: <clears throat> and uh, mm. I, there there could be opportunities so i think where the misunderstanding may stem from is let's just let's just have a scenario right the government's always raising money right they might have issued a 3 year bond a year ago and they're issuing a 2 year bond today well yields have changed since then right so the coupons are going to be different but the market is going to also contain that three-year bond that really, at this point, is a two-year bond. Right. So, the yields on those two bonds should be the same, but the coupons are going to be different. Exactly so right. So, you could sell the two-year bond that's it, the, the three-year bond that was issued a year ago to buy the two-year bond issued today, but the yields are going to be the same. Exactly. The price the of coo- the bond might be, be different, different because the, the coupons, coupons are different. Right. But the actual yield that you're getting, the return that you're getting for owning that bond over the next, for two, the next years. two years will be the
0: same. Yes.
2: And that's another thing. I'm seeing, oh, I can just buy another bond at, you know, four and a half. I'm not realizing in order to get the benefit of that, I have to go out on the duration.
1: Not necessarily, but you're having to sell the current bond that you own right. at a lower at, at a loss.
2: Right. In order to come out ahead, though, I'd have to most likely right. go out a duration. And the way we design our portfolios with bonds like correct me if i'm wrong is it comes due when you need the money right like, and that's, that's the whole planning. point yeah. of the fixed income I, not to just make 4.6 yeah, percent
3: if you're doing some type of other type of investment planning i know that um a lot of investment advisors do like age-based planning where you have excess fixed income than what you actually need um it may make sense to do that, but again, we do our planning based on needs, so when we buy fixed income for you, we expect that money uh, to come due when we actually expect you to start living off of that money, so not exactly in a situation where you can just
4: extend durations and have it work for your own plan. And I think one final key, key point is for the first time in a long time, you can get a real yield. Right. Yeah. <laughs> across the entire curve. So across that 10-year ladder, Inflation is below the yield that you're getting, so you're actually making money against... In real terms, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great point.
2: All right, coming up next, we are going to hit a question mailbag. Maybe we will get into that discussion about the i had a question thanks i had a question Fangs between and mega fang cap. between fang and mega cap and and we got into a, a very in-depth off-air discussion so hopefully we'll bring that on air you're listening to money talks your trusted resource for your money your future your life